Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 4, Episode 8, Away from Language, with Ebenezer Galuzzo. I feel like I create from places of trying to understand ways through things that that primarily feel very difficult and sometimes painful. And I feel like that is a connection to the future. I think that art can be doorways. Ebenezer is a gender non-conforming trans man and a mother and a husband living in Portland, Oregon. He spoke with us about As I Am, a portrait photography project he's been working on exploring gender identity. He views photography as a way to claim and redefine the lens through which he sees the world and the world sees him. Here's Ebenezer. I'm Ebenezer Galuzzo. I use he, him pronouns. I was born and continue to live in Portland, Oregon. I'm going to turn 40 this year. I am white, was raised middle class, and I guess still middle class, able-bodied, thin, trans, masculine, presenting person, and a parent. I started photography in college. I knew I always wanted to do art of some kind, even when I was a kid, and focusing in photography seemed like the most thing to appease my parents because it could be turned into a profession, like a, you know, responsible profession, like being a photojournalist or whatnot, even though it's not really what I wanted to do. Made some various different types of art, personal transformation, universal transformation. Had a child in the process of having a kid, became more aware of how I felt in my own body. Being pregnant does that and became more aware of how I felt in my gender identity as a result. And as I began to talk to my own kid about gender and anatomy and all of that and the difference between the two, it was a little bit of a place of needing to talk to myself about that since nobody did when I was a kid. Coming out uh, as a trans man to first myself, and my family and close friends and then eventually to to everyone and the series as i am was and is a series where i could go to to process everything that i was thinking like the 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 good and elated bits the scared and shameful bits and everything in between the questioning confused bits too and that's um and the angry bits also. All of it, everything, the whole spectrum was really where As I Am arose from. It was evolving. I started it not thinking it was going to become a series. It was photos that I needed to make for myself as a means of survival. I really needed a place for myself away from words and language. I'm really grateful for the language that exists today, for the pronouns that exist today around many things. But at the same time, I, I noticed and had a feeling that I suddenly had to know all the answers to, and use that language to answer all the questions like immediately <laughs> is what it felt like. I don't think that was true, but there was a pressure to know all the words of how to describe myself. To go and make art 
about myself and my body and all the complexities that I felt, as well as all of the norms that I was taught growing up and the norms that get kind of pushed on us in media and everything. I just wanted to have a place outside of words to pick apart a lot of the questions and the uncomfortable bits. And then eventually years, you know, two, three years down the line, I was like, oh, this is actually a great body of work. Maybe other people would resonate with this as well. I was sharing things on social media, which was mostly a lot of my friends and, you know, distant friends and things. And then after I was creating it for about two and a half, three years, I decided to go to a photo group, which I hadn't gone to a photo critique in since before I had a kid. So seven years, I was going by a different name. I was going by a different pronoun. So for me, it was uh, really the like coming out to work sphere <laughs> that the closest I could come to that. And then from there, just kind of things really took off. I showed a blue sky, I think seven months later, and then had the Paragon show. I would say in all of my work, I feel like I create from places of trying to understand ways through things that, that primarily feel very difficult and sometimes painful. Multiple moments of transition or transformation or both, the two things go hand in hand. I create from a place where uh, it's a space for me to ask questions Maybe not find answers, but ask questions that my brain can't quite get around to figuring out. So I do it through art to help me think about them. One of my favorites, an image that I created within the first year and a half, which I have a fair amount of things that I collect or find at Goodwill or things that were given to me over the years. Like I tried really hard to be very feminine for a good chunk of time. So I had like petticoats and, and things like that. So I had a chunk of time to sit in my studio and was just going through boxes of stuff I had and I found a vintage tiara that person who gave to me who really saw me as very very feminine and it was so it symbolized a kind of uh, a thing this was no judgment on them but their gifts were always very feminine to me the gifts that they gave me which was which was fine but it was they gave me that tiara the same year that I cut my hair off so it was a poignant object. So it was like a vintage pearl and gemstone crown. And I was like, what is this thing? I want to do something with it. I literally want to flip this idea of that something that is regal and, and exalted towards somebody, but is ultimately feminine, right? I don't know when that happened, when crowns got separated into crowns for kings and tiaras for, I don't know, ladies or something. And I was like, how can I switch this narrative of this object? How can I still take this gift that somebody gave to me, but make it uh, work for me? And I was like playing with it and putting it around my neck. And all of a sudden I took this tiara and literally flipped it uh, upside down and put it over my face. Like it was like um, a safety equipment that you would wear in a sporting sport 
something or other, like an umpire, not an umpire's mask, a catcher's mask or something like that. It covered my face. So there's an image called my kingdom where I'm wearing that crown upside down across my face. And in one hand, I have the sword, right? When you think of playing cards for the king. And in the other hand, I have the rose, which is for the queen. And then from that same person, I got a tiny little crown bookmark. So I printed the image off, this image of me with holding the rose and the sword with the tiara flipped over my face. And it still wasn't quite enough to just kind of nail all the parts of myself that I wanted represented in that image. So I took that little crown and put it over my heart and that was right side up and it was like the king's crown. So that's on my heart. And then the Venn diagram is in graphite, one going over my head, another is going behind my body and they meet right where my throat is. For me, that image is one of my favorites just because it holds so many aspects of how I feel, right? It's not about being both or one or the other, but just holding something that I have been told are two polar opposites and having them exist in the same sphere in their own kind of like upside down mashed together way and it works and it's harmonious and not contradictory to me mm-hmm. in the in the image in the background it's just a flat like cement gray wall and there's a stencil of a pink rose that i've spray painted in a pattern behind me and yeah i have the white i call it a wife pleaser or husband pleaser if i'm me uh, because he likes them on me too white tank top and I'm lifting it up and it's like I made a a corset or some apparatus to make a six pack out of flattened beer cans onto my stomach and then you just see this like little sliver of my boxes underneath there too and I would do it as I would imagine a model would do it in advertisements for underwear or such (laughs) that's the pose of it anyway the conceptualism behind it It is I was taught growing up what strength meant and was kind of questioning the idea of what strength means and especially kind of questioning strength in the combination of, of masculinity. Also, I come from a family of alcoholics, so that is apparent too in that. So it's, it's, it's an image asking questions and looking at all of that, uh, I was taught that to not pay attention to my body's physical pain, to push past it and to push harder was to be strong, which then translated to if I'm emotionally hurt, if I'm sad, if something has hurt my feelings, push past that, go push through it and bury it also. And that makes you strong. And this whole idea of ignoring various things of what (laughs) I feel was what was shown to me of what strength was. And also in a way, a thing to aspire to. And I don't think it's that far of a stretch to think that going to alcohol and also ignoring your body's needs, physical needs kind of go hand in hand. So it was a, the photo arose from a place of a bit of a prayer and a question for myself of what does actual strength 
look like? Can strength be the willingness to be soft like a rose and open? Can strength be to show like the softness of my stomach? (laughs) And, you know, just like the funniness of trying to make everything hard and rigid when sometimes it just doesn't want to be. For some of my work, not all of it, but some of it, it's about creating a world that I want to live in, that I want to have be in existence. And I feel like that is a connection to the future. I think that art can be doorways of where possible futures can come through. And so for some of my images where it's about me being in peace and rest and safety, I feel like that's creating a future that I want, not just for myself, but for everybody. So there's that aspect of it, of thinking about what is the world that I want to see with my eyeballs and by seeing it in some way, it's becoming real. Especially when you're working with photography, we see photography as a reflection of reality. So I think of what's the reality that I want to create that I want to live in that I want my kid to live in. So that's one way I think about the future. And then the other thing that I, th- I was thinking about it of how it comes to my process is often I'll take a picture and then I'll print it out and then I'll sit with it for a long time. About half the time, do something on top of the photo. So it's not quite the future, but allowing time to impact the work like the the crown picture of I'm sitting, I'm looking at this picture. What is the bit that I want to go forward to have that blessing of a regalness onto myself of being sovereign to myself? For example, in that picture for the crown, like what are the things that I want in my future, in the future of the world for my photos? What can I add to them after they're printed to kind of bless that into reality? The two things that I would really want is a, for my whole family to stay healthy and that's just an immediate future, but I really want to always continue. I hope that in the far future, I'm still learning new skills as an artist and I'm learning new topics as an artist and continually pushing myself to go to those places of like uncomfortableness to create from. And I really hope that I push myself to places of collaboration with other people and artists. That was my big thing. I said it's, uh, I was talking to my partner about this one question and it felt like such a simple, not very aspiring thing, but to collaborate with other people felt so important and a big dream for my future as a person, as an artist, and as a member of like this community of Portland because I'm a solo self-portrait artist So I work with myself so that can get a little, it's great. It's very introspective, but it's a little lonely sometimes. I'm also a parent and middle-aged and I have my like set of friends, but to get out and create with other people or see where our creations can meld together to enhance, to create something new altogether, I think is 
something really powerful to, to have a lot of different perspectives on a project, I think is just the whole idea of it is very, very inspiring to me. And even different mediums, right? What is it to have visual artists and people who are writers or musicians or all of those things and how those to can come together, almost like create a more three-dimensional world into existence for art. My practice is to get to know the, I guess, voices in my head that tend to block me and keep me from making what I want to make and get to know them really well. Like, what's your strategy? Oh, right. You usually tell me something along this tangent. And then the other side of that practice is having my like sayings that I say to myself to get through that. So I kind of don't get shut down and blocked. So a big one is, what is this? Is this going to be anything? Is it just really, you know, insert critical word here. Is it just really reductive? Is it just really self-absorbed? Blah, blah. And so a lot of the times my sayings that I say to myself when I catch it coming up is to go, this doesn't have to be anything. This is just for me. And it's what seems exciting to me today. So I'm just going to do this for fun. And I will sometimes have to say that to myself about every hour of this, this doesn't have to be anything. It's just for fun. It doesn't need to be a part of a series, things like that. So that's a huge practice. Another one is I've had to shift my mind of this isn't an exercise easier. It's more like a mindset of what creating is because a lot of the times I will just sit in my studio and stare at my walls with the things I put up on there for like an hour or two and just let my mind bounce around from one thing to another. And it's not about anything. Just be like, there's the dream I had last night. This was an article I thought about. That makes me think about this line of a poem. That makes me think of this one object. That's how a lot of my ideas come to me, is just kind of letting my mind get a bit lost and bounce around. I don't know if this would help, but it's the same thing of getting physically lost in my space. So going through my drawers, finding things that inspire me and rolling with it kind of, it's like what I imagine free writers do when they're just free writing. I do it of just like, here's this thing, an object and put it in a pile of that's interesting. Go through this, put it in a pile. That's interesting. We could do that. So those are some things that I would say uh, that I do to help me not quite exercises, but more things that help my brain with everything that's going on. I don't know if this is advice, but for the people out there or artists <clears throat> to kind of, again, go into the uncomfort of what is going on right now, go into the unknown, like dig into the mysteriousness and the uncertainty and the questioning and the not knowing and the getting things wrong and all of that. And what would it look like if we created from that place of a process? Not about having answers to everything that's going on right now, but like, what if we even just created for ourselves in this moment? We don't even have to share it, but to create, to help ourselves move through these things and then see what arises without the pressure of having it be a big thing again. I encourage you to check out 
Ebenezer's powerful, thought-provoking images at EbenezerGaluzzo.com. That's E-B-E-N-E-Z-E-R-G-A-L-L-U-Z-Z-O.com. Or on Instagram at photo.galuzzo. This episode was sponsored by the Oregon Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Multnomah County Cultural Coalition, the Kenton Action Plan, North Portland Community Works, and the Oregon Cultural Trust. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. The episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. The music for this episode was written and produced by Standing on End. Check them out at standingonend.bandcamp.com or on Instagram at standingonend. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie. Thanks so much.